Now, in relation to this, I want to make a bid for freedom of impulse. When something occurs to you, you follow it anywhere, anywhere. Freedom, it seems to me, if it's to be helpful, truly, to the individual, must be his own freedom to follow the impulses that occur to him so long as they don't hurt other people. And in the arts, we live by freedom. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. Today I'm reading poems from Stories That Could Be True, new and collected poems by William Stafford, first published by Harper & Row in 1977. Born in 1914 in Hutchinson, Kansas, William Stafford taught at Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon for most of his life. In 1970, he was the consultant in poetry to the Library of Congress. He won numerous other awards for his poetry, including the National Book Award in 1963, and he also wrote influential books of essays about writing poetry, including Writing the Australian Crawl. William Stafford died in 1993. A story that could be true. If you were exchanged in the cradle and your real mother died without ever telling the story, then no one knows your name, and somewhere in the world your father is lost and needs you, but you are far away. He can never find how true you are, how ready. When the great wind comes and the robberies of the rain, you stand on the corner, shivering. The people who go by, you wonder at their calm. They miss the whisper that runs any day in your mind. Who are you really, wanderer? And the answer you have to give, no matter how dark and cold the world around you is, maybe I'm a king. Ask me. Sometime when the river is ice, Ask me mistakes I have made. Ask me whether what I have done is my life. Others have come in their slow way into my thought, and some have tried to help or to hurt. Ask me what difference their strongest love or hate has made. I will listen to what you say. You and I can turn and look at the silent river and wait. We know the current is there, hidden, And there are comings and goings from miles away that hold the stillness exactly before us. What the river says, that is what I say. At the bomb testing site. At noon in the desert, a panting lizard waited for history, its elbows tense, watching the curve of a particular road as if something might happen. It was looking at something farther off than people could see, an important scene acted in stone for little selves at the flute end of consequences. There was just a continent without much on it, under a sky that never cared less. Ready for a change, the elbows waited, the hands gripped hard on the desert. The View From Here In Antarctica, drooping their little shoulders like bottles, the penguins stand, small, sad, black, and the wind bites hard over them. Edging that continent, they huddle to turn their eyes. Penguins, we can't help you, 
and all that cold hangs over us too, wide beyond thought. We too stand and wait. The Star in the Hills A star hit in the hills behind our house, up where the grass turns brown, touching the sky. Meteors have hit the world before, but this was near and since TV. Few saw but many felt the shock. The state of California owns that land and out from shore three miles, and any stars that come will be roped off and viewed on weekdays eight to five. A guard who took the oath of loyalty and denied any police record told me this. If you don't have a police record yet, you could take the oath and get a job if California should be hit by another star. I'd promised to be loyal to California and to guard any stars that hit it, I said, or any place three miles out from shore, unless the star was bigger than the state, in which case I'd be loyal to it. But he said no exceptions were allowed, and he leaned against the state-owned meteor so calm and puffed a cork-tipped cigarette that I looked down and traced with my foot in the dust and thought again and said, okay, any star. You've been listening to poetry by William Stafford on The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro.